at the 11th hour on the 11th day. In France, the armistice was signed a uh, hundred years ago today. So that is why I think in excess of 50 or 60 heads of state are gathered in France to, to remember those who, who gave their life. What is remarkable is, are the number of stories that people tell as, as a result of this celebration a hundred years ago. And one that comes to mind is one I was told about and subsequently read about, about happened in, uh, in that period when the, the German delegation were on their way by train to France in that uh, train, what do you call it, thing on a train, that the train cart, train wagon, whatever it was. That, so that on their way to it. So people knew that the armistice was going to be signed. And in the last six hours before it was signed, thousands of young men lost their lives, which is a horrible thing, a tragedy. And one that comes to mind in particular was uh, members of the 92nd Battalion of the U.S. Army. It was 1020. They were about to sign it at 11 o'clock. They probably had signed it already, but they made 11 o'clock the time when people would celebrate. And at 1020, their officers ordered them to attack the German lines. Now the story goes that the Germans told them to go back because they didn't want to shoot at them. But they were ordered to advance, and they did, and then they were mowed down. So there was about 40 of them killed outright, and then there was this, about 300 of them plus. It's one general disputed the numbers, but 300 plus were, were, were the ones who were seriously maimed, and, and some were missing and never found again. And the, um, you know, some of the reason why the generals did it was because they wanted to get extra medals, they wanted to get promotion, they had a whole variety of reasons for doing this. It is not, it is sad that the 92nd Battalion that went over the top that short time before armistice was signed were a special regiment in the United States Army. They were all African Americans, which is disgraceful. Imagine these young men, teenagers, most of them, 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age, from the deep south of the United States, knowing that a peace deal was going to come, and yet being told to get out of your trench, walk across barbed wires, a sea of barbed wire, into open fire from Germans on the other side. It is disgraceful that something like that would happen nothing short of disgraceful. And it, 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 it fits in very well with the gospel of today, because what is happening in the gospel today is even more disgraceful, because what the religious authorities are doing to that poor widow is 
more disgraceful because they are using God to exploit the poor. And that is what the gospel is about. The people who ran the temple, the scribes, they were part of the ruling elite in its day. They lived in mansions in a certain part of Jerusalem where the rich people lived. They were collaborators with the Roman Empire who were there to oppress and extort huge taxes out of the people. And they kept adding on more taxes and more levies on people so that it would enrich them and keep them in power. The temple was set up in such a way that in a certain courtyard there was big huge containers. And then you would come in, I should try it here sometime, and uh, you would come in and if you were a rich person, you would announce so that everybody would hear, I am putting in $10,000. And then everyone around would acclaim you because wealth then was considered a blessing from God and your generosity was considered your closeness to God as well. So you got a lot of acclaim for doing something like that. The poor widow came with the two smallest coins in circulation at the time. Now, she was a widow. She was poor. She was destitute. They were the most vulnerable people. Widows and orphans were the most vulnerable people in their day. And can you imagine the humiliation of that woman coming up and saying, I'm putting in two small coins. And the looks and the ridicule and the shame that the scribes put on her in the name of God. There was a revolt against the Roman Empire in the year 60 AD. And when the people revolted against the Roman Empire there, do you know what they did as well? They attacked the house of the high priest, the number one scribe, and they burnt it down. And they also burnt down the library where he kept a record of all the deaths of everybody else that lived in Jerusalem at that time. I'm trying to give you a sense of the, the hatred that people had for them. But they had power over the people because they were God's voice at that time. The most important line of this gospel is the first one. Jesus sat opposite the temple. So what Jesus is saying in his body language was, I am opposed to what is going on in that temple. I am opposed to anything that oppresses or enslaves any human being. So he was condemning it. He was against it. And by saying that, he was saying that what they are doing has absolutely nothing to do with God at all. Jesus calls them and Scripture, some scripture scholars will tell us that, amen, I say to you, a very profound lesson was coming. And he said he wasn't saying the woman was good because she got rid of her two last coins. He condemned the religion that made her do that. But the woman was giving of herself, and it was a foretaste of what Jesus is going to do by giving of himself in his passion and death and resurrection. 
And let us just look at two aspects of what he did in his passion, death, and resurrection. The first thing he did was he washed his disciples' feet. So he revealed that the God we worship is a God who delights in giving people life and life in its fullness. He's not a God who punishes or curses or a God who puts crazy expectations on people. He's a God who delights in giving us life and life in its fullness. The God that we worship is the God who liberates people from all oppression, all anxiety, all fear, anything that would enslave them in any way. The second and important question, or the important thing that he did was when he died on the cross, it was a resounding condemnation of any act of violence of one human being to another. That God condemns any act of violence in word or in deed from one human being to another. And that is the message that Jesus wanted his disciples to know. And this is the message that in his resurrection, he gives peace twice. Peace be with you. And then he gives it a second time. He wanted them to know this God, a God who empowers, a God who liberates as them in their lives, and a God who is, is saying, do not use word or deed of violence from one human being to another. And then he is also saying, to liberate and to free them from that in their lives and to be that message for other people as well. And that is our invitation at today's Mass and at today's Gospel as we come to the end of liturgical year and our journey into Advent. That's what God wants us to know and to be very careful that even in our words, that we do not use words of violence towards any human being because it is against God's will for humanity. And then God is inviting us to not be indifferent to the widows in our midst, to those who are excluded, to those who are, to those who are rejected, to those who are on the outside. God is inviting us to, to reach out to them, to wash their feet so that they too can have life and life is in, in its fullness. And this is what God wants for them as well. But God wants this to happen in and through us, seeking it for them also.